Hello, and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, we have some news to talk about. This happened shortly after we got off the air on Tuesday. The university announced the passing of Dan Reagan. He passed away at his home last Saturday with his family and friends at his side. He was 80. He was a philosophy professor at Villanova for 50 years, and during that time, he accomplished a number of things. Most notably, he became the founding director for the Center of Peace and Justice Education. He also became the first ever faculty athletic representative. He was a Lindback Award recipient for his teaching, and he was inducted to the Villanova University Varsity Hall of Fame, and he was also recognized with the 2016 Nova Nation Award. He's the guy who makes sure all the student-athletes do their job off the field, off the court, making sure that they're showing up to class and doing what they need to do in the classroom, and also make sure that they have whatever support they may need to get the job done when they're hitting the books. This is just terribly sad. I mean, you just mentioned that this this happened right after we got off the air, and we checked, we checked Twitter basically simultaneously, and then we shot text back and forth talking about this. I mean, we saw Jay tweeted it out, and it's just, just a sad way and not exactly the best way to start off an episode, especially coming off a Villanova basketball win that we will eventually talk about. But it's such a shame to lose such a big member of this community. Yeah, and you didn't have to just be an athlete to even know Mr. Reagan. He was a philosophy professor. I remember I almost had his class, but because of a last-minute switch, I ended up not having him. And he was teaching up. He was teaching up even up to, I think, last year. Really? Yeah, so he's he's been around 50 years. Long, long time. Long, long time. That is a while. And you get to know over a thousand. He probably taught over thousands of students. But look at the culture he's created at Villanova as the faculty athletic representative. I mean, we're a school that we really maintain the meaning of student-athlete. We take great pride in our high graduation rates mm-hmm. and making sure our student-athletes do the right things. It's not like some other schools. There's the stereotypical jocks and all that, but they make sure that they don't have that label at Villanova. And he did a great job of really starting that culture since the beginning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you, you see it all the time with Jay when he when he makes his recruiting pitches and when he just talks to the media, he always says that he wants a student athlete. He wants a player who wants to come to Villanova and actually go to school, get a great education, come out with a degree, graduate, you know, the whole spiel, really what a student athlete is about. And Mr. Reagan, you know, personified that he kept everyone in check and was able to make it possible and able to make us, you know, feel prideful that we were, we are a school that's able to produce such high graduation rates with great leaders coming out on the other end. I mean, not just on the basketball end, but on for all sports. Yeah, he was that real pioneer for change and, you know, really maintaining, you know, making sure that while we're winning trophies, while we're winning titles, we're still acing our tests. We're still getting in our homework on time and showing up to class. Mm-hmm. You know, he set that high standard that's it really looks like it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. No, not at all. I mean, just look at some of the numbers from the last semester when we graduated, spring 2016 semester. All student athletes had a GPA of around 3.25. That That's great. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that, that is good. 
I mean, they've maintained the streak for 13 straight years now of having their student-athletes have at least a 3.0 or higher combined. So 13 straight years, that's that's legit. Yeah, that's, that's a good streak to keep going. In the spring, all 24 teams had team GPAs of 3.0 or higher and had a 100% graduation rate. The Wildcats have always been amongst the highest achieving academically, especially when it comes to graduating their student-athletes. But, you know, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. No, we are in the safe zone. You see, like, all these teams and all these schools, really, that you know, shrug- struggling to graduate their athletes. And just from the outside looking in, it's like, how? How do you, like, allow that to happen? This is, this is what, it, what college is all about. It's about gra- coming to school, getting education, graduating while you play a sport. And it's just, I guess, as just a Villanova fan for my entire life and now as a, and as a Villanova student for the past four years, you just kind of take it for granted. It's just part of the culture. It's ex- it's expected of you. It's just an amazing thing to see these numbers, too. I, I didn't realize it was 100. I thought we would have, like, maybe one slip through the cracks, but Mr. Reagan made sure it, it was a 100% success rate. Yeah, 100% this past year. Crazy. You know, while I didn't know him personally, you could just tell from talking to Villanova athletes past and present, you know, a lot of them have reached out to the athletic department to express their condolences. He touched the lives of many people, and, you know, it's a living testament when you see Villanova graduates after their life on the field or on the court. They become contributing members of society. And we weren't just a school that claimed student-athletes. We actually meant it. We, we walked the walk and talked the talk. Our prayers and thoughts go out to the Reagan family. Yeah. And know yeah. that he's definitely missed at the athletic department. Yeah, he surely will be. And thank you for... Your 50 plus years, mentored many student athletes and is a great educator as well. Villanova basketball, they played a game last night. It was mm. the final tune up game before Biggie's play. They took on the American Eagles. They won pretty easily, 90 to 48, although it didn't really quite look like that in the beginning of the game. No, the, the beginning was a little too close for comfort, I felt like, and I kind of felt like we would be eating our words later on. I had complete confidence that they were going to win, but. Yeah, they weren't destroying them like I thought they would. Right yeah, no. The yeah, no. Our, our our predictions of taking the uh, the granite and ch- chiseling out the W were were seeping into the back of my mind when I was getting a little concerned. I'm like, oh man, are we are gonna look like real idiots if this is even a close game. But yeah, uh, I, we, we I made got, sure of that. <laughs> I got to turn on the game late. I was just coming back from covering a game, a high school game, and I turned it on, and to my surprise. Villanova was only up by 10 in the first half. And I was like, what is going on? I watched the first few minutes that led up to a 10-point lead. And, yeah, it was ugly. Just, just bad shooting performance. Like, in, in the beginning, anyway. It, if you look at the box score, you would be like, oh, wow, this is, this is a pretty good day for us. But in the beginning, we were missing a lot of open shots. And very, very, very quiet in the pavilion. It was actually the worst I've ever seen it. Just like the last game that was played at the Pavilion, Josh Hart did have a nice buzzer beater to send into halftime, which was pretty good. Yeah. And coming out of the half, they really blew it open. It was what I expected to happen. It just took 20 minutes to get there. (laughs) Yeah, it took a little bit. Yeah, we had a 21-2 run to start the second half, and we both made mention of it last podcast that this team is second-half team, and they uh, surely made sure of that to continue that trend going. Yeah, defensively, they really stepped it up. Big change from the first second half. You had American, they shot around 47% 
in the first half alone, which I'm pretty sure that, that, that's probably better than they've done in any game recently. Yeah, when we were throwing out those stats last podcast, <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous just to see how low those shooting percentages were. And then, of course, when they have to play us, they have to sh- start shooting their their best percentage probably all year. But but thankfully, it regressed big time, and they were held to 28.6% from the field in the second half. Yeah, they were one of the worst shooting teams coming in. They weren't very good offensively or defensively, according to Ken Palm. Yeah. You, you look you look them up, and statistically, they're amongst the bottom in a number of different categories, <laughs> especially shooting, shooting percentage. I think for three-point range coming into the game, they're shooting around 27.9, which is not ideal. No, no, that, that, that is horrendous. Like, I'm sure they looked at this as their national championship game. <laughs> I guess so. They were getting hyped after pretty much They were any- very hyped. After any like defensive stop or you know any, any bucket really, they were they were getting up for it, and who could blame them? I mean, the place was dead as is, and they were really the only ones making noise. <laughs> you could you you could hear them. Yeah, but the students are not in town. It's just never these break games just don't feel the same. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, I guess I guess if you had to choose a time to schedule American, it would be this time of the year. But Jesus Christ, that was just. It was brutal. The wine and cheese crowd was in full force, and obviously the no students. It's just it's not a or basketball arena. It's just it's just people are just there just to watch. I've heard, I've heard more rowdy crowds at like middle school games when I, was, I used to coach. I, it's just oh, it's it's disappointing. <laughs> really. Honestly, the weirdest thing is when in the camera or when the camera like shoots over at what would be the student section, you just see a bunch of people sitting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You, like you. You trained your brain so much to think that they're standing up, and I actually thought they were standing up for most of the game. But then, like, you take a few more hard looks at it, and you're like, oh, my God, they're sitting down. <laughs> like, they're not doing anything. They're oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame these people for hopping on the extra-sold student section tickets. I know that the athletics department is definitely raking in some cash for selling the tickets that would go to students, especially when – what is the waiting list like on, in the pavilion? <laughs> oh, se- several years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are, like, dynasties of yeah. people who, like, just pass it on continuously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the waiting list must be absurd. I mean, I'm on, I'm on the Packers season ticket holder waiting list, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure I will have to pass that on to my grandkids just to even have a shot at getting those tickets. I, can only, I bet you Villanova's is pretty similar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially now, I'm I'm sure it's just got a lot tougher. Oh yeah, this, yeah. I would love to see the uh, the jump from pre championship to now post championship. I want to see how many more applicants they got. Yeah, so they go on that big twenty one to two run. During that time, Josh Hart just continues to kill it. Twenty point game, seven for fourteen shooting, seven rebounds. Hasn't been the big numbers we've seen as of late, but twenty twenty is still pretty good for a college basketball game. Yeah, and absolutely. We were kind of joking before that he was going to drop 30 in the first half, and that was pretty unrealistic. And he didn't really get off to the best of starts, but he hit the buzzer beater, and I was able to get him rolling. He was able to finish 50% from the field, I believe, to a seven from deep, which isn't you know the best percentage, but he was able to drive to the basket. He got he had some nice driving layups, and he had a he had that one offensive rebound that he put back with relative ease, just coming soaring out of nowhere, you know, signature Josh Hart style. So you got to love that he's still giving full intensity in a game. That was kind of hard to 
you know, really put any effort into it because of the no student section and just because of your opponent. Yeah, it was just kind of like the last game he played in. He gets that buzzer beater at the half, quiet first half, and then just explodes after he gets that buzzer beater. It's if he if that's his plan from now on, if he wants to start off slow, get a buzzer beater at the end of the first half, and then just you know do do Josh Hart things in the second half. I'm I'm all for it. Keep doing that. <laughs> One thing that kept made me a little bit nervous towards the end of the game, Villanova's up by like thirty. You got minutes left in the game. Why was he still running around? Why was he still running around? I, I, I get it. You know, he he padded got a few buckets late. Yeah. But like, come on. Come on. Yeah, it, this has always been a big criticism of Jay. I, I kind of feel just from I mean, we've discussed it before and I've seen some other like media outlets discuss it as well. He leaves his starters in or his main guys, maybe not like starters, but he leaves in his core rotation in. Well, for what seems a little bit too long at some points and it hasn't burned him yet. I mean, it kind of did last year when he had Jenkins with that uh, injury scare. Was that Jenkins injury two years ago or was that last year? I don't remember where he had that like faux injury against, I think it was Delaware. Was that last year? I can't two years remember. ago. That two was two years, years ago. ago. All right, yeah. That's like the only time you can really think of like a time Jay getting burned by leaving his guys in too late. But that I think that happened in the beginning of the game anyway. So it's it, it really hasn't come back to haunt him. But like we said last episode, this was the type of game where they'll win by 40-plus, but there might be a big injury to come along with it. Thankfully, we were able to avoid it. And also, just as a fan, I would love to see the bench Bob and Dylan Painter and Tim Delaney get more action. So I don't understand why you can't take them out and win the game by 35 instead of 42. (laughs) (laughs) It's unbelievable. Oh, fun fact. American kept it closer than Oklahoma. (laughs) Also, also true. Also true. God, that should just be a thing that we just like keep note of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> every cupcake game has been closer than the Oklahoma game. By the Oklahoma game, we mean the one that actually mattered. Yeah, 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 the final four one. Right, not not the one that was played on a dock in the middle of Hawaii in some old gym. <laughs> but yeah, you had Painter and Delaney check in around six minutes. By then, they were already up by thirty. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Well, I don't know if they're technically bench mob. Right. I, I think they're I mean, kind of like the Daryl Reynolds role from two years ago. I mean, he was one of the last guys on the bench, so he just kind of played with bench mob, even though he wasn't part of it. Yeah, he wasn't a walk-on, right. but he also wasn't in the main rotation. He was just kind of in limbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that purgatory status. But yeah, they came in at six minutes. I was hyped on that. Yeah, and then you had the rest of the squad check in around two minutes, just under two minutes. Mm-hmm. But they could have totally played more. They could have played five minutes at least. They could have played a quarter of the half. Yeah, quarter of the half. And we were talking about last episode as well, that we would love to see what the bench mob could actually do like in an extended period of time. And I would have loved to have seen this, our guesses come to fruition. Yeah, can we schedule two exhibitions instead of one? And in the second exhibition, they play like some like D3 school or like some D2 school. And then you just mm-hmm. start the reserves. <laughs> I would be all for that. I would actually be more interested in that than the regular exhibition. Yeah, the regular Heck, exhibition well, is always like a 70-point game. Yeah, I mean, really. Heck, let's get a team from Canada to come down, too, while we're at it. Just make it three games. <laughs> let's just have an exhibition tour. <laughs> kind of like the women's soccer team after they won the the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come to like every major arena so like Villanova fans from like all over the country can go see them. I mean, it would it would 
it would help bring in some money, that's for sure. So American, they were paced by the performances of Delonte Jones, who had 12 points, and Saeed Nelson, who had 11. They were the only guys who clipped double figures. Overall, it wasn't a pretty game for American, at least once the second half started. No, nah, yeah, that was yeah, it was pretty bad overall. Twenty-seven percent from three, which we mentioned that they're just terrible at. Fifty-seven percent from the free throw line. They only shot seven free throws, so small sample size, but they were only able to convert on four of them, which is right around their average. It's actually less than their average, and then from the field, they shot thirty-seven percent. So yeah, it basically all regressed to the norm. And Lonnie Rivera, I. Don't know if any Villanova fans will pick up on this, but he played 24 minutes, shot, went 0-4 from the field. Um, so, yeah, he put up, put up blanks across the board, but he went to my high school. He, was, he graduated last year, or two years ago, actually, so I just wanted to make mention of that. <laughs> and for that high school, that is Don Bosco Prep, which Don is Bosco. a sports powerhouse in New Jersey. I just, I just love making the Bosco references. I'm sorry I had to throw that out. Hey, you got to give a shout-out to him. I give a shout-out to Eric Pascal, Dobbs Ferry. Your boy Easton. He had a pretty good game today. He was pretty efficient. He only missed one shot. He scored 15 points. Oh, yeah, he was great. He had that one board. He got, like, he got his own board. I think he got his own shot, the one he missed, and then he went back up and got an M1. I thought that was pretty nice. He, he played very well. He, this was probably his best game so far this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I also thought Jalen had a real good game as well. Yeah, a lot of guys had pretty good games. I mean, you know, we've always talked about how American was always on one end of the spectrum and Villanova was on the other. Nova had five guys in double figures. <laughs> like, yeah, you had Hart, who had another great performance, 20 points, game high. Pascal had 15. Mikhail Bridges also had 15. Brunson was pretty smooth on the floor. He had 14. He got his own, too, while setting up other people. Mm-hmm. But you know who impressed me too? Dante DiVincenzo off the bench. I know that we've been we've been a little hard on him in p- a little bit. recent past episodes. <laughs> right. But he really stepped it up. I thought he was really good off the bench. 12 points, 4 for 5 shooting, and 5 rebounds. You know, he just wasn't finding the basket before, but he was finally hitting the shot. He's finally getting his stride, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked really good on defense, too. He had a nice – he was flying all over the place today, which, you know, I got to give him props for. He's These are the type of games that you want to actually show up for so you can keep your minutes in the rotation, especially with Phil Booth out. So it was nice to see him actually, you know, contribute a little bit more than it, that's uh, usually expected. Yeah, and he had that sweet block, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. He, he, he just had a good all-around game, that's for sure. And just uh, something to note, Chris Jenkins didn't have double digits either. He, he – Seven points, two of seven shooting, one of three from deep. He's just uh, I wouldn't say it's a slump, but he's not performing what to what he's usually used to. You know what I've noticed with Jenkins? He's a he's a second half of the season kind of player. Like remember last year, how in the first half of the season he was bricking a lot. He didn't look that good. He was a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. He was really shaky. But then probably the last half of Big East play, and then especially tournament time, postseason, Big East, and the NCAA tournament. He looked like a completely different player. He was he was playing on a completely new level that I'd never seen him reach before. Yeah, he's he's the type of player that is that plays just based solely on confidence. If if he doesn't have for the night, he he obviously just he won't shoot as much. He'll obviously look to distribute more, and his stats will t- will suffer because of it. But if he's feeling it, he's the type of guy you go to. You put the ball in his hands. You want the game game on the line. Obviously, you want him taking that last shot. He. He is a confidence player. 
He's also a streaky player as well. And last year, yeah, as we were mentioning last year, that Virginia game was kind, kind of turned it around. It was kind of the antithesis of the season in general. That first half he, of the game, he was very shaky, did not look like himself. And then the second half, he just, I don't know, something sparked on him. Green light came on and he played out of his mind. And then that kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. And then he's he's one of the biggest, best biggest tournament players I have ever seen as well. He's had some great performances in that tournament. And obviously last year's NCAA tournament as well. So he, will, I believe he'll get going. It's just a slow start. So I'm not too concerned yet. Jenkins is definitely like, man, American. I'm only here for Biggie's play, man. I'm done. He's like, I'm done with non-conference. Just, just let's move it along. Let's move it along. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. Hey, he's got his chance. Starts in a few days. Definitely sitting there like, is it March yet? Looks at his calendar. Nope. December. Dang. Dang. Oh, well. I'll keep doing my thing as we win by 45 anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Josh have his moment now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just conceding to everybody else, knowing that he his moment can't possibly be topped. But four point seven seconds, you need a you need a game winning basket. I'm your guy. I I got this, guys. I got this. Villanova begins conference play next Wednesday at six thirty p.m. Another long break. I mean, a week isn't long, but that that's pretty long for the basketball season. Yeah, I didn't realize it's going to be that long for for Big East play to start. I thought they would just jump right into it. I mean, I guess DePaul is kind of like another American. <laughs> Better, for sure. Better. Better yeah. for sure. But, you know, you never know. I mean, DePaul always gets that one sneaky upset, and then they just call it this season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they got they get their one NCAA <laughs> championship type game and kind of get hyped for it, and then they'll sneak it out, and then, yeah, they'll just roll over and die for the rest of the year. Yeah, like when they beat Providence last year, and then they were like, all right, Let's call the season, boys. That's it. We're done. Everybody go home. <laughs> we caused enough havoc. <laughs> oh, poor DePaul. I actually do kind of feel bad for them because they do come from a basketball hotbed. They, yeah, it's it's really sad. They they are right there. It's like all this water right in front of them and they can't drink it. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, the, the game's a long while away, so we'll wait till next time to preview it. There's no need to talk about it a week from now, and then talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll spare you the multiple DePaul previews. There's only so much we could talk about with DePaul. I mean, really. Sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry, DePaul. Yeah. So the women's basketball, they also played on Wednesday night, except they were on the road. They went over to Raleigh, North Carolina, to take on the Duke Blue Devils at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Now, Blue Devils, they're not Coach K-esque. But they're still very good in their own right. They're ranked in the top 25 at number 17. The Blue Devils won 68-50. to Duke used an 11-0 run early in the first quarter to get separation. Once they took a 19-7 lead at the end of the first quarter, it was, it was pretty much over. I mean, Villanova would creep back in, cut it to single digits. But every time they would do that, Duke would just string along a number of baskets. And then before you know it, it was a double-digit game again. It's just one of those frustrating games where you give up that big break, but then as you start to climb uphill slowly but surely, you just kind of get knocked over again. Yeah, and that's what the dominating teams in women's basketball will do to you. It's just when the talent disparity is that great, it's just just, any type of run by the more talented team just seems insurmountable. You have nothing run early. You're already playing behind like before the get-go. When you're a team coming in with an upset mind, upset mind, 
mindset. It's really, you want to be in it from start to finish. You want to hang around. You want to be in that type of game where, all right, we might be losing, but you know, we're hanging with them, you know, maybe a run here and there and we're winning. But when you fall behind that grade of a margin that early, it's damn near impossible, especially on the road. Yeah. One thing too, just like the men's team, the Villanova women's team loves to shoot the three point ball. They, they shoot them <laughs> off the Oaks League. They love it. Huh. You know, the deep ball is just as big as a part of the game plan as it is for Jay Wright's crew. Good to see the mantra spread across both Villanova basketball programs. It, it's contagious. It's contagious. Yeah, I guess so. Adriana Hahn apparently caught some of it. She had 18 points off six threes. She was Villanova's leading scorer. And then Alex Lewin contributed 11 points as well. And while Adriana Hahn was able to get the hot hand, unfortunately, the rest of the team couldn't. As a team, they shot 10 for 41 from deep, and that's just not ideal at all. I mean, you know, anytime you shoot below 30% from beyond the arc, that's never good. To shoot 24.4%, you know, that's a game right there. Yeah, that that is brutal. 41 of their 61 total shots came from deep. That is a highly <laughs> non-balanced offense. And then just to add to that disparity, they only took two free throws. They made both of them both taken by Kelly Jacket, but this shows you're not moving the ball around. You're not going inside to your big guys. You, you, have, to, you have to have some semblance of a balanced offense or else the shoot 'em up sleeping streets is obviously not going to work. At least with the men's team, you know, you can go inside here and there. They have the presence inside to do that, and they can spread the floor. But if you know you're, if your opponent knows you're going to shoot threes, they're just going to clamp down on you, and you're not going to make any, and it was apparent tonight. You look at Duke, very different philosophy. They only took six threes. Six. Like I, can, I, I can't even yeah. like imagine a basketball team only taking six feet. This is old school. This yeah, is really. old school style. Yeah, a little bit of a throwback offense, but hey, it worked. They shot over fifty percent. Yeah, they were very effective. I mean, they went to their go-to scorers: Rebecca Greenwell, Lexi Brown. Their top players. They both had identical stat lines. Scored eighteen points each, and they each went seven for eleven on the floor. They were both feeling it. I mean, if if just like game theory says, the most the if you're gonna keep scoring the easiest way possible, you might as well just keep going back to it. And they and Duke obviously identified it, and both Greenwell and Brown were able to take advantage. Yeah, the odds weren't in Villanova's favor. I mean, this was a ranked team, and they were on the road, so it definitely wasn't easy. No, it was just tough. As soon as they let Duke take that big lead in the to start, it was just kind of that was it. You know, that was that was where the game was, and not shooting so well from three point range, it hurts. I mean, yeah, I guess you put all your eggs in one basket. Like, let's say they got maybe five more threes to fall would have been a totally different game but unfortunately they just couldn't get those shots to drop no not at all i mean we've talked about it before i mean they they are a better shooting team than 10 of 41 but i mean geez this i mean you would think that after a while that you would pick up on the fact that these shots aren't falling you would try to you know switch up the offense a little bit two free throws on the night come on you got to do more than that the wildcats will play marquette next wednesday at noon they will also open Biggie's play at home. So you get a nice little doubleheader. You know, you get the women's team first. Mm-hmm. You get some dinner. You come back. <laughs> you got the men's team right back at it. <laughs> yeah, you, you're probably wishing you were uh, still press, still at Nova for press. You you could do the women's game at noon. You can eat there, chill all day at the pavilion. And then, <laughs> then, you come, then you got to the pole game at night. So They, they wheel out the, uh, the Italian hoagies for lunch. <laughs> They come back with the lasagna and the grilled chicken. Yeah, I, I, you've, you've told me that the pavilion does serve some uh, dope food over there. Honestly, I should probably just make a 
a separate website where I evaluate media food. <laughs> you should. I you've brought that up before, half jokingly, but I, I I'm serious. You should actually do that. It would probably catch on amongst many blog writers and just sports writers in general. But then on the other hand, I feel like that would also encourage more writers to come to that arena, therefore taking up spots. So maybe I should. You know, the, the pavilion True. has bad food. Bad food at the pavilion. Terrible, terrible food. food. Terrible no, food. No one go there. Madison Square Garden, terrible food. The Center, terrible food. <laughs> if, you, if you think you're going to get well-fed at the Big East tournament, oh, you, you got to go somewhere else because you're not. <laughs> KFC Yum Center, don't ever go there. They, they <laughs> treat you like crap, obviously. But if Villanova's not playing there, have at it. Just go there. Just go. <laughs> yeah, if we're not going to be in town, please, please, go right ahead. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're going to take a little head start on a Christmas. I mean, I, I still have some last-minute shopping. Dude. Are you done? Um, No. Thankfully, my vacation starts. It has already started. So I'm actually going to go shopping right after we're done filming this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's good that they – took another week before playing their next game. It's like they wanted us to take it easy this weekend. Oh, obviously. It's all for us. Thank you very much, Villanova basketball schedule. Yep. It's a pretty quiet week for Villanova athletics. A number of the other teams won't get started until after the new year. So we got some time. We got some time. Yeah. It'll be great to bring in the new year and uh, bring in some new sports as well. Thank you so much for listening to State of the Nova Nation and for subscribing on iTunes. Please don't forget to check out viewbenchmob.com for your news and updates on all things Villanova sports. Please don't forget to follow us on the Twitter sphere at viewbenchmob or you can follow me, Eugene Repay at eRepay5. And you can follow me, Chris Stanziel at the Stansman on Twitter. Nova Nation, have yourself a merry little Christmas. We'll catch you back on Tuesday.